Greetings, nerds. This is Cena Nerd. I'm your host, Sarah Belmont, and with me, as always, is our Mr. Producer, Will Paul. How are you doing tonight, Will? Doing very well, sir. How are you doing this Friday evening? It's Friday, which, I mean, I'm. we've been podcasting together for a very long time. Yeah. I think this may be our first Friday. I think you're right. I th- yeah. It, I know it, we've done a Saturday here and there. I know we've done Sunday nights. Yep. Monday, Tuesday, like we've been through the gamut, but I don't think we've ever had a Friday. Yeah, yeah, Until I know. Now. Until now, <laughs> we, yeah, we were, uh, we were. It, it's sort of like Steve Rogers, <laughs> as far as uh, first times he, and all that. <laughs> he goes by the name America's Ass. Like, he does. <laughs> in the not in the negative way. In the not at all. Way. In a good way. It really is America's ass. <laughs> that was a great line. <laughs> you know what? My mom is so going to listen to this episode because I've noticed a trend. She randomly will listen to an episode of our podcast whenever mm-hmm. I just so happen to curse on it. <laughs> <laughs> and then she tells me, she's like, wow. But, but she knows I, she, yeah, anyway. She's like, what are y'all talking about? America's ass. <laughs> yeah, because she has no idea. I don't, yeah. I don't think she's seen a Captain America movie. I'm pretty sure yeah. she does it. Um, yeah, she's, she's, she's cool. Anyways, not, yeah. enough about my parents. We do have stuff to talk about today, including America's ass. Um, but we'll get there first. <laughs> the news is so sad and depressing yeah. and just plain annoying this week that yeah. I don't even know where to start about like which do you, do you want the worst headline first the semi bad he- headline or the just like who cares <laughs> uh let's just let's just wrap up put a bow on the whole CW issue they got they finally were bought you know the much talked about sell the CW finally was consummated this week next star bought them 75% Ownership stake in the company, Warner and Paramount each have 12.5%. And yeah, and, and apparently the average age of CW viewers is 58 years old. I never knew that. <laughs> but yeah, I was like, okay, all right. I'm nowhere near 58, but uh, but uh, I guess there are a lot, there were a lot of like old, uh, you know, middle-aged folks keeping the flash on. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's currently, I guess, yeah. the average age. They weren't 58 when CW started. No, no. <laughs> so yeah. I think I think the CW has like this kind of holdover effect when people start watching it in their late teens, early 20s. And then people, even though these shows, like you, you think you're going to move on from it, but you... I don't know, you still find your way back to these classic yeah. soap opera melodramas. But yeah, yeah, saw that and sale is complete. Um we know some of the after effects of that sale, um, like a lot of the ca- cancellations that have occurred, or the not the cancellations so much as like this is gonna be its last season. Um yeah. one show that we do know is coming out next year for its third season um i thought it wasn't gonna get by without anything like i thought like yeah. superman and lois holding strong and then we found out earlier this week that um jordan alasis alas um who played jonathan kent um has decided to leave the show for personal reasons and um therefore they are recasting yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was one that uh, that dropped. I guess was that Tuesday, Wednesday night, and uh, I that I that, I did not have that on my uh, bingo card as far as as far as like recasting or show show news for for that. I mean, of all the show, all the things on that network, besides the crazy ass scheduling they did to that show, uh, which I think really hurts it overall. Um, mm-hmm. You know, as far as just trying to build longevity and 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 a good solid fan base but his leaving the show yeah it was um that was that was a real 
I think everybody was like a real head scratcher. I mean, I know apparently he had posted on his Instagram back earlier in the summer that he was taking a social media break and he was going into a facility to um, get some therapy and you know, help with you know, mental health issues. And yeah, then uh, that, that post was later deleted. But um, we do get then we get the the news that he has uh, decided not to return. And then I guess there was some back, you know, there was some chatter out there on some social channels. I, I happen to see one on Instagram. Uh, uh, well-known um, paparazzi uh, photo taker uh, Canada Graphs that raised the issue about uh, Jordan's vaccine status because apparently he had posted something last season, I guess earlier this year, about questioning whether you know vaccine efficacy and stuff as far as COVID. Uh, and Canada, of course, has you know, still has. Um, policies in place as far as uh not letting visitors in with uh who are who, who are, i think are who are not vaccinated if i recall and uh but the thing is with, with you know so some people were like well that's probably why he didn't go back but the thing is he he left before he even he, he didn't like leave texas he he basically told him even before leaving town that he was not coming back so you know so his vaccine status doesn't seem to be an issue and never heard of anything um, all you know, on set or any issues, you know, I noticed in the Variety article where I first saw him leaving, that said that there were there were no workplace issues, so he, you know he doesn't seem to be doing stupid things on set with people. Um, but it, um, some people did notice that Alex Garfin, who plays Jordan Kent, uh, unfollowed um, Jordan Elias uh, on Instagram. So, you know, who knows what's going on there? But, um, but yeah, I'm it was sure definitely there's yeah. bad blood because I mean, yeah. if it is for his personal reasons and mental health, then yeah. that's okay. But still it's, it's kind of like a breakup and it's a yeah. betrayal of sorts. They're both really young. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure that maybe a few years down the line, they'll have some retrospective on it. And, um, realization that it wasn't about him it might have been about someone else but then again i don't know what happened on set i don't know the full story um all i know is that one of my favorite actors on that show is leaving yeah (laughs) and just thinking about how that impacts the show because i know todd hybring the the showrunner was just talking about how third season they were really going to have a pretty substantial arc with with jonathan kent um this year and so i couldn't help but think about like black lightning i think it was their third or fourth season when china mclean left you know she played mm-hmm. jennifer on, on that show and uh, how that really just and they recast it with a different actress and they adjusted the story but you know the, the, that show really does run on that chemistry of that of the four core characters right and right. so, and so, you know, you, you just wonder you know, how they're going to address it. I mean, will they just write write jo- Jonathan out that he that he goes back to Metropolis and and you know and stays with a you know no friend or something or something about yeah. So we know that they're not going to do yeah. that. They're gonna yeah they're gonna bring someone in and act like there's no change. And I. Honestly, especially if the plan was for them to do a big arc with that character, then do a recasting. Stick to your plan. Yeah. I mean, the second season was kind of deflated by the end of it, but there's something about the way that the family, or not just family, all of these characters on that show are written that I still find very compelling. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so if you have to recast and recast fingers crossed, you make the right recasting decision. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day and a season, two seasons from now, we we've kind of like let go of that former actor in that role. But um, I don't, I don't think it's going to be, I don't think they're going to go the Batwoman approach. No, I'll say that. Yeah. 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 
Or I, you know, it's funny. I I, did, I had forgotten this, but um, even Arrow had a recast with uh, Sarah Lance. So I, I, I had I had forgotten that Katie Lotz wasn't the original actress who uh, who played Sarah. That is not the same thing. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but I'm just saying so that there's this precedence thing. in this in this genre on this particular network with you know, and I could, as I mentioned before with uh, you know with uh, chat with China and Jennifer that's Jennifer Pierce on Black Lightning too. So it just seems, right. yeah. Well, let me talk, Arrow. You. Can't. I'm sorry. I know. I know. I was just trying to. <laughs> you I'm, I'm like, for whatever reason, I'm a little bit offended by that comment. I'm like, that is not the same. Just keep me on your toes. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about and why I just think that was really sad. There was an actress, and I don't know, half a second of a scene. Well, not half a second. Maybe like two two scenes. In the yeah. pilot episode, yeah. never saw her again. And then in season two, we got uh, Sarah Cassidy, Cassidy, Katie Lotz. Yeah. Um, well, I really got you fl- fl- flustered. <laughs> I was just like, I was like, Sarah Cassidy. Uh, I was so. It's it's been a it's been a long time since we've talked Arrow. Yeah. The weird thing is, I can picture those scenes from the pilot. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, my my arrow memory is still alive. Oh, oh yeah, you were vested, you're very vested in that show, like I like I was in the Flash. So I I, I did black you. out during the last season though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember me Mia in the present, and then Oliver's death, and I don't really understand what happened in between. <laughs> <laughs> Probably because Felicity wasn't there that season, but. There's that Anyways, yeah. um, so that is the current status of CW. Of course, we're going to talk more CW as more news items comes out. And um, that brings us to the never-ending saga of <laughs> Ezra Miller. Yeah. Okay, All right, real quick, because, yeah, real quick on this one. So we... We talked about the the four the three options that Warner basically put out last week uh, with Ezra. Basically, get some help. Um, we will. We'll. Second option was to release the film, but basically not have them on the press junkets. And then the third option was uh, either a wholesale reshoot of all the scenes or just trash the just trash the film like they did Batgirl. But, uh, yeah, but then we get, uh, I guess, late Monday, I believe, uh, we, we get a statement from, from Ezra. And he basically says that he wants to apologize to every. and I quote, I want to apologize to everyone that I have alarmed and upset with my past behavior. I am committed to doing the necessary work to get back to a healthy, safe, and productive stage in my life, end quote. And, and there we are. So I guess he has, has checked himself into into uh well, excuse me check themselves into a facility mm-hmm. to uh help get help for their uh mental health state and uh, you know and part of me is just like i'm what you know definitely as someone who is very sensitive to these issues i'm glad that they are getting help for whatever mental health issues that they're having because you know you never want anyone to to be suffering. I mean, you, you just don't, I mean, unless you're just a sadist or something. Um, but at the, on the other hand, the timing of it, right after they say this, uh, you know, you got your three options here, you know, right. you can't help but be a little bit cynical about it too. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm totally, at the moment I heard it, I'm like, I don't believe it. Yeah. I, don't, I just, I, I believe that he checked himself in. I believe he wrote that letter or his publicist wrote that letter. Um, probably the latter, but I just, I think that there were other motivating factors mm-hmm. and that's where the inantithy or pessimism is coming from about not necessarily taking it seriously, but just like, hmm, that's a really, uh, a, a big 360. And, and it also is because. I think at for the general public and people who have been following this whole situation for what feels like five years, 
yeah. you're it's whiplash. And so of course you're going to be skeptical because you're like, whoa, whoa, like one minute you're robbing, you're grooming children. There's a lot of weirdness, like FBI are trying to find you. And the next moment it's like, Hey, I'm chilling with my mom. I'm going to check myself in. And, and I'm sure, and I've heard some things that he, he might be dealing with grief and loss and all of that. Um, it's going to take a lot more than in a letter to there. It's going to take time. Like just the same amount of time that like got him into this place. It's going to take that much time for the public to view him. Not, not as FBI's most wanted, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just just the time. So like, it's kind of like, Oh, that's great. When I watch the Flash movie, I'm still going to say Ezra Miller, <laughs> great actor. I don't know how he is as a human being. Um, and and really, the the whole thing with the child grooming, like, I don't know, just to still have a lot of questions about that and not really understand what happened, what what were the ramifications? Um, you're you're still like left in this place where you're just automatically associating him with that, and that to me is the most disturbing part of this whole thing. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, because I think the the, the statement definitely is a it's the first step, and there's still things to drop because as far as the consequences for all the items that you noted like like for example the investigation with the child services in vermont uh the uh assaults in hawaii and and so you know as those matters get resolved and you know and and over time we see hopefully him getting the help that they need and i keep i i I try to be respectful of the pronouns uh sometimes i slip but uh but uh the uh you know, once we see you hit that Ezra get uh, start really sh- showing that he's turned the cor- corner and, and not getting negative headlines about another incident then we can then believe what they said in this statement and they they really are on the path to recovery and 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 hopefully uh you know, getting their life back together. Cause I mean, clearly with this franchise, he's done. They're done, but, right. uh, but maybe, you know, we're going to make it an awkward press tour. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, like, like poor Michael Keaton. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. And yeah, even Michael. Yeah. And I, I saw like this, I saw this on some random twit, twit tweets and the Facebook posts about memes with, Ben Affleck apparently reshooting scenes that were Keaton scenes. So who knows what's going on there at this point, but, uh, but yeah, we'll see. Uh, like I said, at the end of the day, I hope Ezra gets the help that they need. Yes. There will be some consequences for the stuff that they have done. Uh, but, uh, hopefully we won't be, I, 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 I'm ready to, to move on from what's the latest in the, flash movie saga with ezra this week and we can really see how warner brothers is just burning everything down over there yeah yeah, yeah. well they have for a decade uh, no. now so yeah yeah and they are yeah even as they dropped took like what 40 more titles off hbo max today and i mean it's just like every day it's just something something new if they try to I guess cut cost over there, but anyway. <laughs> well, while things are dropping, they're definitely prepping for House of Dragon to premiere this weekend. So. Oh yeah, yeah. That that, that they're just like this week. That's basically their plan. I think just like just get all this shit out, and then everybody's just going to be talking House of the Dragon from Sunday night on, and that's all it's going to be in the in the talk in the talk for the week until. Uh, I guess until She-Hulk episode two. <laughs> you know what I'm really curious about, and this is going to sound funny, but Game of Thrones fans will understand this this um, excitement. I am very curious about the theme song. 
Mm. Because Game of Thrones, that theme song, infamous. The opening credits, infamous. Like, you, I just, I wonder, are they going to do the same thing? Or are they going to do something different? I mean, it's pretty on par with Succession theme song. Mm -hmm. Um, If not greater, just because of how they, like, they opened every episode of Game of Thrones with um, the theme song and a map of Westeros. Mm -hmm. And based on the locations you were shown on the map, you could tell in the episode what characters you would be seeing. Mm. And so the map would change every, well, for for most of the episodes, you would see like a new place, a new mm-hmm. thing pop up and be like, okay, so so we're not going to be at the wall this episode or we're not going to be in um, in the other location. So you, it just was a very interesting thing um, to have that change or like it gave you motivation to watch the opening sequence. But <laughs> mm, mm, <laughs> <laughs> and then everybody would sing along the best they could to a uh, um a lyricless opening theme song. But I'm ve- I'm very curious about yeah. what House of Dragon if it'll do the same, if it'll do it a little bit different. I don't know, but um so that is coming this week. We're going to be watching it. We're going to cover it along with She-Hulk. Um, and um, Will, did you have other shows? Because I know you watched A League of Their Own. Yeah, so I watched a couple things this week. I, I know last, I think earlier in the week, I know we were talking. And I think we both tried uh, Paper Girls. Uh, I I think we both, unless you continues to stick with it, I tried two episodes and i just bailed on it it just never really did resonate with me uh and maybe i'm just i don't think i was in the right state of mind to watch it i kind of threw it on as background noise so Mm -hmm. i wasn't focused on it i will say although the plot was kind of a bit ridiculous for whatever reason, the actresses who played the main girls were really good and they had good chemistry. Yeah, they did. They did. Yeah. The one the one character though, I don't know. I mean, like they just did not that was the Max, I think. Uh I don't know. It just just did like like I said, maybe I am just uh I was just the wrong demographic for this show. Um or like, uh, maybe, you know, I just, it, it didn't grab me. And I just kind of like, there are so many other things out there because then I went back to the menu on Amazon and saw a league of their own. Mm-hmm. And, and it's been, I, I, you know, I've been having to force myself to like, stop <laughs> because it is, it's, it's, Obviously, it shares a title with the, the the excellent movie. I mean, that movie was just amazing. Uh, but it's you know really telling its own story, and um, it is the characters are just very compelling. The the comedy hits the right notes when there's drama, and it, it, there's depth to to all the characters, and you definitely get invested with the leads. Uh, Darcy Carden, who was you know she was in Good Place, and uh, I think she on Barry as well, and uh, a couple other shows is one of the leads. Um, and you know they really tackle a lot of issues that you know it's a very contemporary take on uh, on issues that women who were part of these leagues in the 1940s had to, during the Second World War were dealing with. And uh, and I think you know obviously updating the story from the, the original movie that was done um, in the 90s to, to, to present day. And, and so they're touching on so many different things as far as sexism, um, you know, L- LGBTQ issues, racism. I mean, it's just, uh, just a very, very good show. And I'm about, I've only got like three episodes left. And, I, you know, I, I highly recommend it. Um, good good this is really really good good chemistry with the cast and um and 
I uh, yeah, I can't. Like I said, I'm trying not. I'm gonna finish it up because I I definitely want to see where things go with with the with the the ladies of the baseball team, the Peaches. Um, and then another thing I got uh, other show this week that I really, if you're into documentaries, uh, on Netflix they're uh, untold story documentaries. Uh, they I watched the one dealing with uh, Manti Teo who uh, was the uh, famous uh, Notre Dame college football player uh, who was catfished. Uh, Very famous story of of, of catfishing. Uh, But I guess it's been about 10 years ago now. And um, yeah, it it was a two-part documentary. uh, And he just finally decided now was the time to tell a story. And they had the, um, the guy who masqueraded as the the fake girlfriend <laughs> who was who was Matt Tite's girlfriend mm-hmm. uh and they found out you know like right before the national championship game uh Deadspin uh figured out that through through a source that that uh this uh young girl who who was allegedly Matateo's girlfriend who 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 died um and you know he dedicated the season to this supposedly dead girlfriend and and his grandmother who had passed away and then you know everything came crashing down he was like a Heisman trophy candidate and it was just yeah it was just you know he became he went from like hero to like are you so gullible that you fell for this man and you know people were questioning his sexuality and it was just you know all the things that you know, a young 20, 21 year old kid is having to deal with, you know, on a national stage getting embarrassed like this. So it was just a fascinating documentary. And uh, even if you're not a big sports fan or football fan, it's just just seeing, you know, how, so, you know, how getting catfished and, and someone at that level um, and at that age having to deal with that issue. It was uh, just a fascinating documentary. Uh, so those are my recommendations for the week. Yeah, I've been meaning to bring this up and I just um, keep forgetting, but I have to say that I have um, found myself really looking forward to Wednesdays when um, Talkville drops, which is Michael Rosenbaum and Tom Welling talking about every episode of Smallville. And so each week they watch an episode and they talk about it and for whatever reason, I've I've watched. I don't know. I I, I feel like I came in. I I watched maybe. I definitely watched a few seasons with Justin Hartley. Mm-hmm. On it. go figure. But other than <laughs> that, I don't. I was never a really good, big follower of Smallville. Mm-hmm. But over the course of the years as we've watched listened to michael rosenbaum's podcast um i think that's why when they announced this i kind of immediately latched on and at first i was like oh is it gonna be weird because i've i haven't even watched what they're talking about but i find it fascinating because i'm a sucker for commentaries and mm-hmm. although this isn't a direct commentary, it's more of a rewatch post discussion. Um, their stories and what they remember about those episodes, especially these early ones, are very interesting. They have obviously great chemistry. Um, and so if you haven't checked it out, I do recommend checking that out. Um, and that's about it. I. People yeah. know me. <laughs> if you know me, I'm I've kind of I've kind of have fallen off a lot of shows. <laughs> for some reason though, I'm rewatching Selling Sunset for like the fifth time all the seasons. Mm-hmm. I, some reality TV shows will get me. I don't know what it is. It's great background noise. And so yeah. after I've wa- done the initial watch, I can just always throw it on and I don't have to like be compelled to actually be in tune. Anyways, we want to yeah. talk. I want to get to She-Hulk. Um, <laughs> She-Hulk. We watched it first half hour. We're getting ten episodes. Uh, nine episodes. 
nine episodes. Yep. First half hour of nine half hours. Um, Tatiana Mosley, I have missed you. It's been a long time since I watched like the first three seasons of Orphan Black. Hmm. But I'll, <laughs> she's such a good actress. And on top of that, like Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> yeah. So he has some of the best chemistry with everyone. He's one of those actors where you just throw him in there and he just brings like the best out of whoever he's playing opposite of. And I just, I love their dynamic. This episode, if you liked this second trailer for She-Hulk, you'll like this episode because I'm pretty sure at least 20 of the 30 minutes yeah. are from that trailer. Yeah. And the tone is right there. Um, they sold me a product. They stayed true to that. I wasn't thrown off by anything that happened. Um, but like at the end of the day, what, what was really enjoying and joyful about this episode was their chemistry as cousins, as almost siblings, and and just the banter and and I liked how we were talking about this a bit with Miss Marvel and how and we've actually talked about this all the way back since Hawkeye about mm -hmm. this world these superheroes exist and they're in the public eye and they're kind of celebrities um so the there was one level of the the sibling energy banter. And then there was this whole other level of just her <laughs> and him talking about the Avengers and, and little, little Easter eggs about the bromance that we'll never really see between Tony and Bruce. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so <clears throat> I just, I, I'm, this episode was good. It's a mm -hmm. solid start. Um, I'm looking forward to the rest of it. It definitely was a, hey, we're going to do all of our exposition. Yeah. <laughs> but it and, worked. Right, exactly. Like I said, I have yeah. no qualms about the decisions that were made about how to introduce this character, introduce this world, and start this story. No qualms. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I was listening to a show. I think it was kind of funny or somebody had noted that that this episode, the origin story was going to was apparently going to be held until later in the series. Uh, but I don't know if they like heard people like you and me talking like, you know, how did, or, or what. But uh, the way they introduced the origin story to me uh, was just. It was, it was perfect as far as like it was an exposition dump, but but the way it was it was executed and and uh, you know with starting off with just sort of setting the stage you know setting the stage at the beginning with her giving this closing argument and then the mansplaining colleague you know yes. uh, <laughs> you know com giving commentary throughout and then you know. And then when they, whenever he leaves and then, and then she jumps like, yep, I'm a Hulk and, you know, breaking the fourth wall, which I heard, you know, I've heard all of those things about the, the fourth wall breaking and the comedy and, you know, and, and, and whatnot. But I mean, but you're right. They, at the outset was said, this is a lawyer show, you know, but, and this is a television show, which I also like too, because it, it, it felt like, it finally did it, tonally it felt right as far as a tv show and i think the um head writer i think she i think she, did she write for uh rick and morty oh i have no idea yeah I wanna, yeah i want to say i you know but i, I know i want to say i've read where she was like the writer for like another tv a, a tv comedy um and it, and it felt that in a good way like you know the, the best comedies that that really work uh and and that uh you know where he had the laugh you know there are a few definitely laugh out loud moments but but it felt true to itself and not goofy like like for example thor love and thunder <laughs> uh, i mean 
I, I mean, I, it wasn't Taika. It wasn't Taika humor. I was like, when I, you know, there were a couple things where I was worried. I was like, is it going to be like, you know, I heard like references to Ally McBill and and people talking about Fleabag and other things, but I just felt that the show had its own kind of original voice. Oh, absolutely. Um, I think that it, it is. It's interesting because I know a lot of people immediately compare it to Thor: Love and Thunder, but. My first point of comparison was actually Miss Marvel, because Mm. I felt like Miss Marvel had a very similar tone in terms Mm. of comedy, dramedy, Mm. and and it was centered around a young female character. I felt like this was, oh, this is the 20 to 30-year-old version of Miss Marvel. (laughs) (laughs) um except and and i mean there is a difference and and um what makes a comedy work is when in the midst of it the 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 dramatic or the the uh the sad clown if you will um Mm -hmm. call back to previous conversations we have when when those points um come up and resonate amidst all of the comedy. And that's what I think was absent in Love and Thunder, but Mm -hmm. it's very apparent here because the moment she talked about how, why the heck would she want to be a superhero? Yeah. What has that given Bruce? Like, and he's alone on this island and you're just, you're suddenly in the midst of this sibling, um, rivalry or sibling fight you're you're kind of whiplash of no the the arc isn't that she wants to be a hero like like miss marvel the arc is she's trying to go against that and it's not even the same um necessarily the same um, journey that bruce was on where bruce just didn't accept this other half of himself. It's just this idea that now that she has this power, even though she had a plan, her plan is suddenly like she, she has to realize that no, it, it doesn't matter. This isn't a choice. You Mm -hmm. are almost automatically going to be a hero. Yeah. 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 Whether you choose your DNA. Yeah. Literally quite literally in your DNA. Right. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, it, it really does. Like, you're, you're uh, glad you brought that up because I was thinking about that as I was watching it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, do you choose your path? Is your is your path chosen for you? Right. And 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 it was one of those things. You know, as I was watching it, and you know, and her, and she was like, "Look, you know, I've, I've, I finally got to my place in my career, and and and." And I'm and I, I like my job. I want to get back to LA. And 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 now you're telling me, I, I, you know, you, you want me to you know be you, you know, be you, superhero guy who's like like you said stuck on this island and so and 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 you, and and look at look around you. I mean, your friends, you know, your bet, you know, one of your dear friends is dead because of like of Tony thinking, you know, because of being in this life. And Cap is all, you know. I guess in the past, it, but yeah, but you're, you're stuck here alone. And I, why would I, why would I do with that to myself when I have, when I have a life and, and I love the way that, you know, they, you know, that, that she threw Jennifer did call Bruce out for, for not being around the family uh, because he was off doing a superhero things. And, and now you want me to, now you're trying to tell me how to live my life. Yeah. Uh, you know, so it was just like that, that whole dynamic, you know, there were, you know, the, I think that was, that's what the TV show, these shows can, can do well, like Miss Marvel, even Hawkeye, uh, with, with whenever he was trying to establish a normal life away from the Avengers. Well, um, it's also like to that point and something that I, I think Coy brought up on um, Christian Harloff's um, whole discussion about this show is is that phase four of the MCU has been about grief and the the characters that we know um definitely are experiencing PTSD from Hawkeye Mm -hmm. 
um, all the way to Hulk now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and again, to go back to Love and Thunder, I think that there was an there was a um, anticipation for that piece in Love and Thunder, especially because of that moment in Endgame with Thor mm-hmm. talking about how much loss he has experienced. And, and, and they didn't really deliver that. It was more focused on a lost romance, if you will. Um, but, but the reality is that for a decade, these characters have been saving the world and, and yes, they've won, but they've lost so much. And, and another movie to come out this year and as part of phase four, no way home. Mm -hmm. I mean, Guys, if you haven't watched No Way Home, go watch No Way Home. I need to rewatch it. <laughs> I do too. I do too. Yeah. <laughs> I can't think. Every time we talk, well, I don't know what it is, but uh, there, there's something about that movie where I just keep thinking about, like, uh, at some point in our discussion, I always am like, okay, now is when I bring up No Way Home. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, because it's. But what else is a daggone just a hell of a movie? But you're right. I mean, it, it really of the phase four themes that were discussed with grief, WandaVision. I mean, it, you know, it, yes. there's so all throughout, even to some degree, the Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah, Falcon and Winter Soldier with uh, yep. mm-hmm. with uh, you know with uh, the, the soldier Carl Lumbly's character. Oh gosh, I'm blanking on the the African American super soldier. Right. Um, you know, and, and even and even and even Sam and his family, and so I mean, all that basically, phase four could be basically is the is the, the phase that we're dealing with grief, trauma, and overcoming that. And as PTSD. far as these movies, these characters, yeah, and PTSD, and how these characters, after like you said, we've gotten up, you know, we got up to the blip, and then, you know, and then now we're post blip. And and now we're and like in a, and people are moving on with their lives, and and these and and this phase is really showing that and how they're they're coming through, coming through yeah. that and how and it, but also dropping in new characters as well. Uh, which which I think um, it makes sense why they're doing this kind of this this phase is so transitional mm-hmm. that. Um, with the with the Avengers and the characters who we have watched go through battle and come out the other side with all of this this history and with these these losses, these sacrifices, this grief, this PTSD. Yeah. Now they're coming into contact with these new characters who you have Miss Marvel wants to be a superhero. Oh, or like a complete fangirl. Same with um um uh man, I can think of the actor's name, but um Kate Bishop. Kate Bishop, um, yeah. Idolized Hawkeye. And so these mentors are trying to like Bruce in this episode to bring it back to She-Hulk. Yep. They're trying to mentor the the new heroes, the heroes of tomorrow. But, and some of them are kind of like, you don't want this, trust me. And mm-hmm. then in this case, they reversed it and, and it's more Bruce's trying to say, no, this is what, like, this is the reality of the situation. And yeah. Jennifer is like, oh, hell no, that ain't my reality. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to do something else. Oh, I'm going to yeah. figure it out. I'm going to go and hook up with Matt Murdock. No, that's not going to happen. <laughs> I have not read fanfic. I really haven't, guys. I really haven't. That's just where my mind went all of a sudden. But um, seriously, will it? I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I think that's really interesting to to as we as we're now nearing the end of this phase to think about a lot of the decisions that Feige has made makes a lot more sense now than it did yeah. at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, as, you know, yeah, we definitely see see the grand plan, and you know, and, and and thinking about Jennifer and 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 how and and 
when you just suppose her learning how to deal with being a Hulk versus Bruce. Um, And I I like the way they answered a lot of questions that. um, Yes, it was a big exposition dump, but it it, it really it really established the differences between she and Bruce uh, as far as like, you know, Bruce, you know, Bruce had to you know you know he was asking her about well what about the other guy or the other person in in you and she was like there's no other person it's just me and 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 you know and it's funny you know when he like broke out the big binder it was a very professorial smart hulk you know thing to do it was just like here's my here's my master plan as far as like teaching you how to be a hulk and 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 i and i think back to like even though bruce didn't intend to do it intend to do the mansplaining thing it did it did it was a good like parallel to some of the things that she dealt with with her colleague at the very beginning of the episode where he was just like oh you know too wordy you need to smile more you know it's just like all those little condescending things that men say to women all the time (laughs) and 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 then bruce was doing that same kind of thing in a different context you know trying to be helpful but at the same time it was very condescending that oh i'm i'm smart hulk i know how to i can i can show you how to do this thing and she was like no i can i can you know i can figure this i'm a little bit better than you and then and then the you know that you know manifested itself when they had the big you know the boulder tossing scene and 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 and, and other things so you know it was it was just a very what i like I, what i really liked about the show and i and i hope that the that the writing continues to be like this uh, I know before we started recording, we were, or we, you know, you can, when you listen to other people talk about it, the, the people who've seen the first four episodes versus the ones who haven't when, you're, when you listen to a podcast. But um, I, for our standpoint, for folks who haven't seen the first four uh, episodes, I'm hoping the writing holds up this way where they are really smartly, like you said, I love how you how you said this is Miss Marvel whenever she's in her twenties and thirties, <laughs> whenever she has you know and, and figured when out how to navigate the personal sex. professional world. Because well, when she can have sex. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> about America's ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I think overall, um, and oh, the other thing is that. Going into this, there were some there was some fear. This is She Hulk. Mm-hmm. They're they're like they're starting us off with not She Hulk, but She Hulk, and look who's here, Hulk, mm-hmm. and the character we know. So we're gonna immediately latch on to him more. But for whatever reason, they managed to figure out a way to introduce her, have her be the main character, and not get overshadowed by her famous cousin. Yeah. Oh um, yeah. Yeah, I felt they were totally equal as far as, yeah, I mean, I never did I feel like they were uh, yeah, on, on unequal footing, for sure. Right, and and so hats off on them, because that, that would be very hard for some writers um, and directors to do, but they mm-hmm. managed to accomplish that, um, yeah. and it makes sense given... Her origin story, you, you kind of can't work your way around that unless you completely ignore the origin story. But but they did it, and they also clarified some questions about Hulk in the last time we saw him. So yeah, yeah, and but and also last time we saw him, as far as you know, the blip and what he was doing yeah. this time, and then also um, nice callback to Ragnarok with the spaceship while they were discussing whether or not Cap was a virgin. <sighs> But seriously, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There, I, I am not going to talk about the Easter eggs of comics that I have not read, of things that I do not know. But there is a lot of very interesting speculation out there. People, World World War Hulk may yeah. or may not be coming. But guys, like, how many times do you have to say it? And Feige, we trust. Like, yeah. man knows how to plot out a course, and we're just mm-hmm. along for the ride. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I will say, I, I know I'm glowing about the episode. The only part where I did get a little, like, a little cringe. Well, 
were maybe not cringe, but I did kind of like they were doing so well was the ending with the courtroom scene when when Thank you. Tight tight Titana it's I know it was like came busted in, you know. Yep. That was the only, uh, you know, if the only blemish that this episode had what was that because I was like, it was doing so well. Oh, <laughs> it, it was, I, I was completely agree with you. Like, it was such a short moment, but mm-hmm. still, it kind of, it kind of was like, I thought she was the big bad this season, and they're introducing her like this. Yeah. It, it, it like it was a weird semi cliffhanger where I'm just yeah. thinking to myself, okay, well, how? Hmm? Yeah, <laughs> you're still scratching your mind around it. You're like, yeah, yeah. I can't and I, not unsee that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was just like, what's well, her character's name in the good place? That's who I was like. I, I was like, oh god, it's and yeah, it was probably different. Probably different vibe from that character and stuff, but I I just thought of her character from The Good Place. It's busting into a scene, and it was just took me out of it. And I know it's just, and I think it was because it was just so abrupt, especially how the how this episode was just so well crafted up to that point. And even you know, yeah, but that, that was the only blemish I had for it as far as this this week. All right. Well, on that note, Will, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you? Yes, you can find me where. Ever you hop on Twitter uh, at Will and Polk W I L L M P O L K. <laughs> I know, it, yeah, just like Look at the podcast. I'm like, oh no, I, I was like typing it earlier this evening, so I was just okay. like, yeah. Well, listeners, you can find me wherever you are on Twitter at S J Belmont S J B E L M O N T, and you can find us wherever on Twitter at CNN Nerd. Friend us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and visit our website www.cnnerdpodcast.com but most importantly, rate, follow, comment on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Good Pods, or wherever you get your podcasts. Good night, Geek Out. You're welcome. You're not going to let me live that one down. <laughs> wherever you are on Twitter. Yes, yes, wherever you are. <laughs>